0: You're listening to the Bold Face Truth Podcast, episode 485. You can find information on anything referenced in this week's episode at com slash EP485. check you out listening to self-help pods and working on yourself. Fuck yeah. Quick question. You know those situations where your boss asks you to take on one more thing or your partner asks what's bothering you and you respond with a bold-faced lie? Oops. What would shift for you if you actually started telling the bold-faced truth? Everything. Listen, if you struggle with people-pleasing, perfectionism, and you could use some help with boundaries or speaking up, you are in the right place. Thank God. I am Amy Green Smith. I'm a certified and credentialed life coach, hypnotherapist, and keynote speaker. Fancy! And I've been working in the personal development space since the mid-2000s. Vintage! Sometimes I'll be solo, other times you'll hear from smart folks offering you easy-to-implement tools to help you tell the bold-faced truth.
1: Yes!
0: Hey, hey, pod people, Amy here, and we are furthering our mini-series around spirituality and various spiritual modalities. And I am really excited because today I'm going to give a call to Michaela McGivern, and she is a badass. I am just relishing in the powerful women that I've gotten to speak to. If you didn't catch last week's episode, I chatted with uh, Suzanne Falter, and she kicked off this series talking about the loss of her daughter, who died fairly suddenly at a very early age, and how her daughter's transition into the afterlife has created immense healing, and she's helped Suzanne become a healer. I mean, it's it's such a great interview, so please be sure to check that out, and next week we'll be furthering our conversation, but let me tell you a little bit about Michaela. She is incredible. She is a psychic, she is a medium, and she is an energy medicine healer. And we'll talk about all of those things if we're able to catch her. She has over 22 years experience. She is clairaudient, claircognizant, and clairsentient. And that is definitely something that we will discuss with her and ask her all about the four clairs, as they are called. If you've never heard of them before, You've probably heard of clairvoyant. <laughs> that That's the one that, gets the, that has the best PR, I'd say. But there are three others. So we'll definitely get the lowdown on that. She does various types of healing sessions. She does mediumship sessions. And that is where she helps to bridge the gap between those on earth and those who've crossed over. And that can bring A significant amount of healing and clarity, especially if you have wondered if you made the right decisions when somebody was at their end of life. You know, maybe you had some sort of responsibility there and you want to make sure that you did the right thing or there was something that was said to you and it it never felt right or something like that that you can perhaps get some clarity from a loved one who's passed on. So that that's a very Very novice, light description of the work that she does. She also is trained extensively in shamanic practice and energy medicine, and she's been doing that since the late 90s, you know, 2000, and has also, on top of that for decades worked as a licensed occupational therapist. So she had sort of equal doses of science and woo, and she will definitely share that with you all. So let's give her a call and get her take on psychics and mediums and all things the spirit world. Let's give her a ring. Hello? Hello? Hey, Michaela, it's Amy. How are you?
1: I'm great. It's nice to hear
0: from you. How are you? I'm doing so well. I am hanging out over here with the pod people, and we've been doing a little series on various spiritual modalities. And I thought, okay, I've got to call Michaela and get her. Her take on this because you've been doing this for a minute.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're so cool. I would love to do that. Hang on a minute. I just need to put down the bird food. They're outside my office and they're really cute. I've got cardinals and sparrows and little finches. But hang on. Let me put down the bird food and I'll come right back with you. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. I'm back now. Okay.
0: Okay. So, my question is then right off the bat, do all of those birds have very specific meaning for you? Like, are
1: they carrying messages? If I really pay attention, yes, but I actually don't do that. Occasionally, I just enjoy watching their dynamics like, oh, it's my turn on the bird feeder, or three little finches will come up together. And I actually like watching the interactive patterns of how the birds essentially as kind of symbols, how they go through life so effortlessly. Mm -hmm. You know, they they need a space. Somebody's in the way. They just kind of trade places. They don't go pecking and pushing them off and... They wait in the tree till there's a space. There are the mating birds, which are very cute together. You know, we have cardinals here in North Carolina. And they like kind of get on the feeder together. They're great teachers for how to be in harmony with them each other and with nature. So if people watch birds, they'll learn a lot about how to interact differently.
0: They I know that now that you say that, I'm like, oh wow, they're very well adjusted and <laughs> maybe a secure attachment style.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And and we just had a tornado about a month or six weeks ago. And the birds survive. It's like, how do they go with that flow so effort? I mean, I'm sure it's not effortless, but how do they do it? You know? Yeah. So I kind of look at them as, as teachers in that sense. Yeah.
0: Oh, I love that. So, I would love to kind of start with some basics because I am fascinated by the work that you do. And I also don't feel like I have enough understanding of sort of the nuance between different modalities. So, I would love to hear, and maybe this is something that's not universal, it's something that's just unique to each practitioner. But, how do you define the difference, if there is one, between mediumship, psychic abilities, channeling and then how that relates to the four clairs which we can certainly get into how would you describe those the differences or the skill set
1: clairaudient means you hear messages and those are usually specific for the person that you're dealing with or for yourself and then there's claircognizant where it's like a download you just know something And sometimes people will call that intuition, which it often is. That's how I feel. But there's a depth to it when I'm doing a reading that's like, oh, this is what's going on. Clairvoyant is when you can see things. So some people see auras. I don't actually see auras. It's just not in my thing. But I will see the shape and I'll have awareness of somebody perhaps who's died. Oh, they look like they were kind of a strong person, maybe 6'2", you know, had a lot of hair or you know, that kind yeah. of thing. It won't be crystal clear for me, but I have enough sense, clairvoyant sense to, to be able to describe what I'm seeing. Clairscenting it is when you can feel what's going on with the other person. I use this a lot when I'm doing my healing work. So I'm connecting with the other person and I'm tuning into what are the emotions that are coming up for them because I'm either, I might hear them, feel them, see them, or know them, but I'm often feeling them. Wow, I'm really overcome with grief or my heart feels very heavy or there's some anxiety in my belly. Is that what's going on for you? So those ways of knowing I use in both psychic readings, mediumship, and in my healing work. So they're kind of tools as one person calls them. Uh, as a way to access information that isn't directly in front of you, so to speak. So it's And so let me bring in another word. So shamans, for example, see, they're like bridges between the seen and the unseen worlds, okay? So they see maybe what's the future. Some of the shamans in Peru, for example, have been sitting on the top of the mountain at 14,000 feet, praying for the future because they see what's coming. Other kinds of people work with, they can see dark energies. It's something I've worked with for a long time or you can sense or feel them, and shamans will often work with those. But it's working with the unseen obstacles or opportunities that are presenting for someone when you come and you do a reading. So if I do a psychic reading, it might be about a business or an issue or a personal issue, or a client came to me and said, I'm living in this country, I'm thinking about moving to that country, or maybe over on the border between these two countries, what's the best option for me? We talk a little bit about our circumstance, but then it's really clear. Oh, there's this town or that town. And it's very clear why. And then I start reading the energy of the town. Well, in this town, you're really more protected element in terms of the elements with climate change. Moving over here, you're a little more exposed. It's drier climate. They're already having water issues. They're having issues with heat. It's not ideal for your physical temperament. But if you go here, you've got more community here. So long term... You're in this age group. How does that work for you in terms of medical situations and or non or family? So there are all these options that show up when doing a reading. You asked about channeled reading. I had been doing this for a long time, and sometimes I would channel information from the pleadings who were from another dimension. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're, they're it's really cool. And, it, and actually, you can find some of those on, on the website. And those messages tend to be about what's going on on the planet. Okay. What are the shifts about? What are people being called to do on a spiritual level? Yeah. Or on a practical level. So some of those back in 21, 22, were really about start growing your own food, being conscious of conserving water, particularly in California, where I used to live. Really look at the community. You know, so some of them were really pragmatic and some of them were like more spiritually oriented towards creating more foundation within your community because you're going to need to be more uh, reliant upon one another. So there's a vast range of messages that will come through from a channel depending on kind of what their purpose is in conveying information to people on earth. So then the channeling,
0: because I'm wondering if some of them are just all very closely tied. So
1: channeling
0: would be, sort of the act of what's happening.
1: You're bringing in information from some kind of guide that you've got or connection you have, an okay. unseen, unseen one. But mediumship would be more if it's specifically
0: a human who's passed on, or not necessarily.
1: Yes, I'm trying to remember. I haven't talked to too many animals on the other side, but a few. So yeah, okay. it's. <laughs> Okay, So I do it a little differently than many mediums. There's a guy on Netflix, I think, Tyler Tyler something or another. Oh
0: yeah, Tyler Henry. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And he just kind of verifies what happened in the person's life. Mm -hmm. Oh, you wore a purple cap and you fell off your bike when you were 20 and your best friend. So that's one approach, which is very validating for a lot of people. And I work in a different way as a medium where I really help people have these very intimate conversations about things that are unresolved. Well, what happened right before you died? Why did you suicide? When we got married, you looked at me in a funny way. What was going on? Or, you know, when I was a kid, I had the feeling that the such and such was going on. Was that really true? Mm. Or in the case of my own family, I learned some amazing secrets <laughs> about my family Yeah, that were like, really? I, I mean, I was shocked. And it actually explained a lot of things that how, what my position in the family was. So then there are the conversations that often happen, which is, I'm really sorry. I didn't do or said, or please forgive me, or I didn't get a chance to be there. And I'm so sorry. I feel guilty. Can you forgive me? Or I love you. Or did I make the right decision in the hospital to disconnect you? Mm. These conversations are really life-changing. And I'm thinking about one woman whose mother had died two years prior to our um, mediumship session. And Her mother had gone to live with another relative, and and she did not understand why. It was kind of a complicated family. And in that mediumship session, the mother came and explained why she chose to live with that person, what the karma was about, that she was fully conscious that she was making it, and then passed on this amazing wisdom to her daughter, and the most beautiful acknowledgement of who her daughter was. Her daughter said it totally transformed her life. So a lot of different things happen when I when I have mediumship um, conversations and sometimes they're not easy and sometimes they're exquisitely beautiful and sometimes they're mixed.
0: I bet. Well, that was one of the things I was curious about because obviously when we see everything that's ever publicized on TV or glamorized or whatever, it's always the best, most amazing messages. It's heart, you know, tugs at your heartstrings. And I was curious if there are ever... People who didn't quite learn the lesson they needed to in this lifetime, and then it wasn't super clear in the afterlife, and they're still kind of a dick?
1: (laughs) Well, that's a fascinating question, because what I have learned is that when we leave our bodies, there's another long journey ahead of you. There are lots of choices. Okay, You can stay stuck on the earth plane. You can move into the light. You can go into the bardos. You can transition through different levels. So depending a lot on what your spiritual orientation is or religious, that is a lot of how your journey may go. So I can tell you from my own experience, my mother was a a very religious person. She was Catholic. But her father was a really open-minded guy. He used to work with a clairvoyant all the time. So she had an appreciation for that, but she wasn't really in that world. She believed in an afterlife. She had, you know, she prayed. She had a good connection with spirit, but she had a very difficult life. Mm. So when she passed over, and she wasn't exactly easy. She wasn't easy at all. She came, she goes, I forgive you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then about a year later, well, okay. You know, it's like, well, all, all right. I, I kind of like, it. Like, well, nine years on, she shows up and she says, I really wasn't a great mom. I'm like, yeah, you're right. You know, uh, I, I mean, I knew that. And then a year later, she shows up and she goes, I'm really sorry Mm. for all the things and things I created that were really hard for you. And so she's been gone like 10 years, but there's this evolution of her soul waking up to what one person might call karma, what another person might call just what was the impact of her actions on me and other people in her family. So it took her 10 years to really get her part in creating the dynamic that we grew up in so when someone first leaves sometimes they're really in shock they're like uh what am i doing here yeah particularly if it's been a traumatic death sometimes they need help going to the light and that is actually i seem to bring a lot of those people into my practice they're like can you help me out i'm really stuck here i don't know what to do and where to go and i'm not very happy and what do i do next so i know how to transition them to the light i work with archangel Michael. Sometimes their own loved one's coming at them. And then there are those people that have transitioned somewhere else, maybe to life, and they come in specifically for the reading. They're fine. They don't need any help. They just come in because they've been asked to come in to communicate with their loved one, and, and I asked them to come in too. So it depends on where they are, what they're doing. If they've been gone a long time, like my father's been gone, I don't know, how old am I, <laughs> <laughs> he's been gone almost 40 years yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's always hard for the math on the spot and i didn't hear from him for 30 years and then really? he started Yeah, and then he started showing up so he had a lot of trauma to work out yeah he had a lot of stuff he was busy doing his own healing and now he can come and offer some good insights and advice 40 years on but he had to do his own journey to be available for that wow this is, it's just totally
0: blowing my mind. So I, uh, I've been very candid with the, the audience that I lost my father about 15 years ago. I had always heard, actually, I have a friend of the family who is clairvoyant. She, the way she described it, she says, I get like little mini movies, little motion pictures that kind of come through that I see. And then I just say it and see if anybody, if it lands. But she had come through with like, hey, I really need to talk to you. Your dad has some messages for you because she knew the whole situation. And I got a lot more visitation from him and messages from him, either through someone or through dreams or whatnot, a lot more at the very, very beginning. And I've seen, I, I have since seen her a few times and she's like, he hasn't been around at all. I haven't seen him at all. But originally she had told me that he is extremely busy. <laughs> and I love that. And so I was like, well, that makes a lot of sense. And what I'm hearing from you is like, you get to choose that. Like if you want to just go inhabit a new body, like, boom, let's go be born. Or if you want to go to a light, if you want to stay in the spirit realm, if you want to go to a different dimension, sounds like so many options.
1: <laughs> there are many options. People say, if I want to go back into a body, how long does it take? Some people say 100 years. I don't have that experience because I was around in 1945. Mm-hmm. And then I was born in 56. So that's not very long to Ooh. be in out of a body and back in. Right. Sometimes, for example, babies that maybe um, uh, have died or not fully incarnate through, um, and maybe through a miscarriage, they might come back right away to the same parent. Yeah. It's not a, like, this is the way it happens. It depends on what the soul's evolution is, what Mm -hmm. its purpose is and whether it's completed, you know, its mission. So maybe baby A that came in and the mom miscarried decided, no, I really want to be with those parents came Mm -hmm. back again, you know, X number of months or years later and fully incarnated with mom and dad. So, to some degree, yes, there's choice, and other degrees, it's about what does your soul need to do to heal from the lifetime it just lived through, and what are the lessons? You know, some people go into to healing school, and some people become guides, and some some people have different jobs, but it's there are a lot of options.
0: Okay, so my my very rational side of my mind goes, how do we know this? And how do we really know anything, right? A lot so much of it is belief and faith and essence and feeling and intuition and stuff. Cause I'm a hundred percent on board. Like I love this idea. This blows my religious trauma out of the
1: water. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I am so glad. I'm
0: like, let me let me find the most spiritual, non-religious thing I can find. <laughs> And I don't mean to say that as like a challenge to you, but I know that there are people who have, who cross over and then are able to come back, you know, because they didn't fully decide to stay. In fact, one of the messages from my dad that came through to me was, I did decide to leave. And Amy can hear that. Amy can handle that Mm -hmm. because what he would have been faced with if he would have stayed would have been, it, it, he would have been an invalid. He would have had to give up his life's work. There would have been mountains of financial debt and issues with that. Like I think he was kind of given that choice mm-hmm. and made that choice not only for himself but also for the in- entire family. So I I think we have enough documentation of like little kids who are who talk about their past lives and think. I just don't think our culture gives it enough credence, but. What, what is your experience of truly knowing that these are the options we have after death? Or that really knowing that this is what happens?
1: Well, let's put it this way, Amy. I think I have a little picture into the vastness of it, of the okay. question. Okay. It's a very little picture. I see what you're saying. I'd, I think the options are infinite for what can happen. I trained with a woman around, what year was it, 2011? a very fascinating woman named Bonnie Saratori. At that time, her work was called Contemporary Shamanism. She now calls it Accelerated Liberation. Oh, and bon- Yeah, she's an amazing person. Bonnie was born with this ability to travel between dimensions, to visit them, wow. and to get really profound universal truths about the nature of just humanity. She, she wasn't trained. She just, this is how she was born. So when I was training with Bonnie, she would take us to different dimensions. She took us to the hell realms. She took, wow. us, she took us to other dimensions and other uni- like planetary places. So you've got to feel the energy. So you can feel it. You can see it. You can smell it. Mm-hmm. You know, you use all those senses that you opened up the questions with. How do you know it? Because you get it physically in your body somehow or another. It's like if you go to a movie. You're seeing the visual, you're hearing it, but you're getting the emotion. It's the same way if you travel to another dimension. So she taught me how to travel to other dimensions to meet other beings. I already knew knew how to connect with them, but I didn't know how to travel there until I worked with her. I could connect from the time I was a little kid, but I didn't really know what I was doing. I think it's very much how you experience it in your body. So if I'm doing energy work with somebody... People say, "Well, how do I know if it works?" Well, you walk into the session maybe and you're really anxious, you got tightness in your chest, your head's like buzzing around and you don't feel grounded. And as I work, "Oh, my head's clearing." Mm-hmm. "Oh, my heart's softening." Okay. "Okay, my breath is slowing down. I'm not anxious." So you physiologically will have a response. Same thing as if you're hearing something, you use your senses to perceive. That's what senses are for to Perceive on whatever on yep. whatever level, you can't see what you hear, but it's unseen. Right. You, you can't see what you smell, but you get it. Think that this is the concrete world, and it's really like, oh no, this is just one speck of the universe. Right. Just, so. But we've got these great bodies to experience and to validate what our experience is. So if I was working on you, and you said you felt those four things when you walk into a session, and you walked out and felt exactly the same, you'd say nothing happened, right? Yeah, But if physiologically, you felt way better, your sense of humor came up, your head was clear, your heart was light, and you felt relief, you would know something happened. Right. So that's energy. I'm working with energy. But when you're going and traveling to other places, you can feel it. It's different. You know, the underworld doesn't feel like this world and the upper realms don't feel like this world. There's a vast difference between all three of those, you know. And a lot of it has to do with the light factor. Oh. Because we're made of light okay. as beings. The universe is made of light. And the density and the, the the way that light congeals has to do with how it feels. You know, angelic feel energy feels very light. Well, really dark energy feels sticky and heavy and my yeah. gosh, you know, I'm just like underneath this, I don't even, mountain of yeah. stuff, you know. We all know that, but yeah. we can't see it, right? Right. But we know how it feels. So that's really, use your own body and your own senses and your own intuition to validate what you get. I love that you brought
0: this up because I, on on a much more um, basic level, I work with people a lot on intuition really being able to listen to that and one of the things that comes up that i think you're really beautifully pointing to is how we are conditioned largely in our society to and and i would also say disproportionately as women to uh disregard emotional cues disregard intuition or even in in my case with weaponizing of religion of like lean not on your own understanding, literally saying you cannot trust yourself. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't trust yourself. And don't acknowledge what I think is your internal divinity, You know your intuition. Quite frequently, we do what I call the cognitive override, where intuitively we feel something. There's like a red flag or maybe even a pink flag <laughs> and we're going like wait a minute wait a minute and then we rationalize oh no no i'm being silly i'm being this and what i'm hearing from you is almost like if we flip that script and we allow the intuitive and the spiritual elements of who we are to surface and to nurture actually nurture them that we could access so much greater and richer intimacy
1: you are spot on i think one of the key places to do that is in nature, nature isn't rushing off to to meet up, get to a meeting right <laughs> Nature is not on their phone twenty four seven who's pinging me what 's happening on social media? yeah, nature's just being so really the art of being if you need to learn how to do it is in nature that's this and that 's how I learned it as a kid that 's how I connected in because I grew up in the midwest and i had I was really lucky we had a lot of land around us, there were woods. And so I played outside a lot and saw the magic of it, but also like this um, vitality in nature and this connectedness that I felt as a child, very connected. Most kids before the age of seven are very connected, especially on the unseen realm. So they can see things, smell things, you know, and, and around seven that starts being closed down. So when I was three, four, and five, I was wide open. So I absolutely thought that was the normal reality. I, I could see angels flying around in the church, you know, when I was singing in the choir. But I didn't tell anybody because what happens is we don't validate the unseen realms, the intuition, the sacredness, the spirituality, and that is, I'm going to get political here for a minute, I think it's a really the demise of our culture and of our world because if we had any idea what we were doing to our planet. I know to ourselves, disconnecting from each other and being on devices, and seeing how that really is detrimental to our souls and our bodies, we might wake up and do things differently. Slowing down, as you know, probably teaching about intuition, is the way you do that. Mm -hmm. Slow down and listen and create time to be in nature, to be quiet, nurture yourself in a way that has nothing to do with anybody else. It's where you connect with your own soul.
0: So before we continue on, I wanted to ask a quick favor from you. Do you ever listen to the pod, and I think this might happen for you, where you think, damn, I really wish so-and-so could hear this. Maybe it's your coworker who could actually use a lesson or two on boundaries, or maybe it is a women's group that you're a part of where everyone is super on board for speaking up for themselves, but nobody really knows what that really sounds like. Okay, where well, here's where you come in. I have three battle-tested and badass keynote speeches that are ready to be delivered to your company, organization, group, association. So if you, your community, or anyone you know could benefit from me rocking the mic, like who can not use some new tools, right? Please send them over to amygreensmith.com slash speaking where you or they can message me directly about specific needs for the audience. Shocker, the three keynotes are focused around speaking up, contending with fear, and accessing enoughness. And all three of them can be delivered either in person or virtually, and of course can be completely customized for specific audience needs. So again, simply send them to Amy amygreensmith.com dot com slash speaking, where they can get in touch with me. Because listen, it is time that women everywhere have the tools necessary to use their voice, take up space, and advocate for their wants, needs, and opinions, like yesterday. And if you end up orchestrating an opportunity for me to speak with your group, you will officially get unlimited squeezes from me, (laughs) and I'm sure you're all in now, and be sure to let them know that I can always temper my colorful language if needed, and thank you. Before we continue, I wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and you know I'm a huge fan of therapy. I like to say, if you don't think that you need therapy, then you probably need therapy. Because listen, without a healthy mind, being really, truly happy and at peace can really be a challenge. But the good news is that therapy really does work. So whatever you need help with, it is time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better, okay? Because you deserve to be happy. Here's the deal. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, even live chat sessions, with your therapist so you don't even have to be on camera if you don't want to. Hello, introverts. I see you out there. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. They have over 20,000 therapists in their network, which gives you way, way more options than your immediate geographical area. And it's also available for clients worldwide. Much more affordable than in person therapy. And you can start communicating with your therapist in less than 48 hours. So join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. In fact, a member of my family just started and totally loves it. It is always a good time to invest in yourself because you deserve it. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and the Bold Face Truth podcast listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash truth That's betterhelp.com slash truth Or enter the code boldtruth at checkout again to save 10% off your very first month. All right, let's get back to the show. My mind is blown. I'm going to have to listen to this over and over again because it's It's just very exciting for me. We tend to think in such binary terms, like you're either all in or all out, or it's all about this specific religion or that or whatever. And I just have always felt like, even when I was very much in the throes of religion in my youth, I always got this picture of a God-like energy looking down going, that is not what I meant by that, y'all. Like... (laughs) <laughs> Y'all, could, could you just please be nice to each other? <laughs> just, sh- I said share. I said you know, don't hurt each other. I mean, I was pretty clear. Like what? What? What's go- <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> what's going on? Right. This is very, very curious for me. I really would like to talk a little bit about your childhood and how what that was like. Experiencing that, I have known a handful of other healers where it was very much linear, passed down through the lines with their mom and their grandmother and things like that, where it was pretty profound to to see. I know I've heard you mention that you didn't have someone to necessarily
1: shepherd you through this. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about that. What What was that like? The lineage question I can't really answer because my mother was adopted. I know a little bit about her mom, but it was a tiny amount. What I can say is this is not my first rodeo working in the healing arts at all. (laughs) (laughs) So I know that from a soul level. And and I know almost nothing about my father's family because he really didn't, we didn't spend time with them. We had an extremely dysfunctional, chaotic family. Part of my, what do you want to say, my salvation Mm -hmm. was spending time outside. So that was my medicine, literally. It's probably what saved my soul is I felt a really deep connection with spirit through the elements, whether it was water or the trees or the bugs. And I was really curious, and I took absolute delight in studying them and watching them, kind of like I was explaining to you about the birds. like, well, look at them. Look how they're just getting along, and nobody's getting pissy with anybody. They're just taking their turns, and they might be a little bit like move off the spot, but they all work it out, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So... I found that that was really easy. So, but I came in with a, a natural curiosity, and I also came in with a purpose, which I didn't know until maybe I was in my you know, 20 years ago, in my 40s. So I wrote a song about, I'm a singer-songwriter, and I wrote a song about, it has to stop with me. And it was a lot of the dysfunction and the abuse that my family had experienced on both sides through so their lineage. It was like, I was determined to make it stop with me. And that was kind of what my soul's purpose was. So when I came in and I was a therapist, an occupational therapist for a long time in traditional medicine, and then started doing this energy work concurrently um, starting in 2000 or a little before, I knew kind of that's what I was here to do. It wasn't like a big surprise mm-hmm. that it all fell into place. Like some people go to school to learn how to be a clairvoyant. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Yeah. I learned. I learned it in all my energy medicine classes. So they'd give me a piece, look at this and hear that and, do that. and it just kept evolving. But nobody ever told me, this is how you do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although Bonnie used to get really pissed at me. She'd say, no, no, look at it from this perspective. And I couldn't do it. Eventually, I learned how to do it. <laughs> so it was a bit self-taught and it just evolved. I suspect if I had my family tree, there'd probably be one or two other people, at least in that lineage, who had followed this pathway.
0: So there were no situations, even as like a child, where you said like, oh, that guy over there, that lady over and nothing,
1: nothing no. ever came up. No, when I was a kid, I had enough sense not to, um, <laughs> um, I don't want to say.
0: Like it wouldn't go over well.
1: Perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I just kept it to myself. But when I was in college, my first year, I was sitting in my chair about five in the morning because I'd get up early to study, and I started hearing voices, and I thought, holy shit, I'm having a psychotic break. I literally, Mm. one minute past nine, was on the phone to the school psychologist saying, I need an appointment. And fortunately, the woman said, you're fine, don't worry about it. But I I would open it and close it down, open and close, open and close, because I didn't really have anyone to teach me about it. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a guide. Eventually. I was living in Europe. I was in my 30s. And I started working with a voice teacher who then taught me about a pendulum and flower essences and essential oils. And it started opening up. And then this um, physician who was just this beautiful man from Vietnam who was also a psychic said to me, Why aren't you talking to your husband? This is the first thing he said to me in the first meeting. I just was like... How does he know that? Well, I worked with him for a while. He he, wow. he basically said, go and take this energy medicine class on chakras. And the, it was like the push, like you need to go do this. Wow! And so then I began to have a teacher.
0: Wow. So do you have a specific practice other than, I mean, for yourself, not necessarily what you do with clients, but do you have any sort of spiritual regimen that you do daily to help you drop in or? Connect.
1: I'm not a regimented person, but I have a lot of practice. Okay. <laughs> so I, the one thing about me is I like variety and I okay. don't like to be like, I have to do this. I, just, yes. I meditated every day for a long, long time. And I finally went, there are other ways. So before I got on the path, you know, there's lots of ways. I love before that. I got on the podcast, I was really nervous. So I did some chanting and then I cleared my energy structure, took some flower essences, some rescue remedy. <laughs> Nice. and well I was nervous I was like my mouth was all dry and <laughs> and then I check myself did I pick up any energies that aren't mine because being a medium sometimes they do sure. arrive at night and and I cleared I cleared my energy before I came on so I do that pretty regularly and I do meditate as well but I just do it in a different way often some days I do one kind of meditation sometimes I do another <laughs> sometimes I do a walking meditation so I make a habit of taking time to be with myself, and to tune in and just chill my jets. There is one more thing I do, which is really cool, is uh, Desda Zuckerman, who was a teacher of mine, taught sacred anatomy, and she developed this way of returning your presence to your body, bringing in your aura, which is your electromagnetic field, and then going to the edge of your structure so that you're in an expanded awareness. And that practice I do almost every day because it's brilliant.
0: Wow. If you said go do that, I'd be like,
1: I don't know what you just said. <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't know what I just said either if I hadn't taught it and taken it. So you have this energy structure. Yes. Every single one of us has one. This is our aura? No, it's not. Oh, it's not? No, but that's a very common assumption and a very reasonable thing to assume. Okay. Your, your aura is actually the energy that's generated by your heart and head, which are both electrical in nature. Okay. That's called your human electromagnetic field in her language. It's what physically keeps you connected to your to your energy structure where your soul is. When you die, your aura lifts off your body or okay. your electromagnetic field. So that electrical impulse that keeps you alive dissipates when your body ceases to exist.
0: I'm picturing avatar when they have their little tail that like plugs into something. <laughs> I'm picturing yeah. us being plugged into a specific body, and yeah. then once we're we're no longer going to inhabit that body, we just kind of break free and we unplug
1: <laughs> part of you unplugs, but here's the beauty: your energy structure goes on, it's infinite, so in the body of work I was talking about, the sacred anatomy work, you have seven different systems, and everything that's happened to you in every lifetime is there available. Good, bad, and indifferent. (laughs) Your Akashic records are there. There's 13 chakras that are there. There is a system that helps you let go of things. There's a system that's like your nervous system. Um, There's a structural system. All these different things are held in your um, sacred anatomy. And Desta, God bless her soul, can see everyone's sacred anatomy 24-7. Oh, my goodness. I know. And so generally the sacred anatomy energy body for each person is at least 20 feet all around. And it's multicolored. Imagine being a performer and seeing 2000 people with their energy structures in front of you. I don't know I, how she does
0: it. I can't imagine.
1: I can't either. She could do it and she can, so she mapped all this out and she has a book out called Your Sacred Anatomy and it's brilliant. It's it's literally a whole another anatomy textbook that I studied with her. And she's the one that developed this way of literally calling back your presence, which is kind of like get disconnected from your soul a little bit. It's like, oh, call that energy back in and then bring it in all that buzzy energy, that electromagnetic field, bring it in. So, And then go to a place that's spacious, which is just beyond your energy structure so that you're like connected more with the universal wisdom. Is that process
0: that you just described a matter of being quiet and almost visualizing or imagining your energy coming back to you? Is it, is it as simple as that? Mm, Yes and no.
1: Okay. It used to take a weekend to teach people how to do it. (laughs) But in essence it is, you're calling back your own energy. You're reconnecting with it. I forgot. There's another step where you ground down into your own energy pools to like people ground into the earth or they ground into the, the, you know, different places So there's a process of teaching the anatomy and the whole stuff. But once you know how to do it, you know, I can do it in less than a minute. You're shown the anatomy. So you do imagine it. you, but you can also feel it. Mm -hmm. So it's a fascinating process.
0: I love this so much. So here, here's a little predicament that I have, and I'm wondering if this is a nice place we can kind of dovetail into some, some practical stuff for folks. I love this stuff. If there are people who passed on that want to talk to me and send me, like, do it. I am here for it. But I feel like I'm bad at this in some Mm -hmm. way. Like, just if someone's out there going, I would love to be able to connect with my spirit guides or angels or folks who've passed on. Is there a baby step to start nurturing that part of your spirituality? Mm -hmm. Cool.
1: (laughs) What is it? It's it's a perfect. (laughs) Well, (laughs) let me see. Um, I think the first one is get quiet on a regular basis. So know what you're like when you're quiet and when you're not. And the second part is to really, so those are different questions, how you connect with each of them. Mm -hmm. So let me, if you want to connect with your dad, for example, the simplest way I know how to do that is to call the energy of that person and ask them to come and visit you. And you make it very clear to them, Do not come into my energy structure. Let's connect. You're on the outside of my energy structure, and I'm inside because I'm sovereign. You don't want them inside of you. It gets really messy. Please come in. Please don't come into my structure. Talk to me from the outside. And the third part is the way that we connect is that the love between people never ends. So imagine a golden cord of light going from your heart to their heart. Okay. So you can set that up. Okay. I'm going to extend my heart, feel your love for them. and going to send it through that golden cord to your heart. So remember when you were kids, you used to play telephone with the tin yes. cans. Yes. <laughs> You're old enough. <laughs> this generation will have no idea They're what like, I'm talking what?
0: about. I don't remember when my, <laughs> I, I have to tell you this really quick. My friend has Gen Z kids the, one of her kids said, how did you guys take pictures before phones? He didn't even have cameras. He all the cameras he's ever known
1: have been on phones.
0: So it's, I'm so sorry to cut you off, but yes, the tin cans.
1: The, the tin cans. I knew you'd get it. So for those who don't, we used to have a tin can. You put <laughs> string, or you'd cover the end of the can. No, 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 actually, you'd have the one end open and one end closed. But you put a little tiny hole through the tin bottom, and you put a string through it and knot it, and then you connect a string to another tin can. Yes, and you you'd go pretty far away and connect. It you'd send information on that verbally and they could try to hear it. That was and you concept.
0: had to keep it really taut. If you yes. didn't keep the line really taut, you couldn't, it, it didn't work.
1: You're right. I'd forgotten about that part. It's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, think yeah. of the, t- so for you guys who haven't had the experience of fighting, but to connect through <laughs> tin cans, think of connecting your heart and their heart through this golden thread. Now, what you might actually get is a feeling from that person, Mm -hmm. a warmth, a softness. You might feel them stroke your head. You might not. Mm -hmm. You might just have an emotion like, oh, that's so lovely. Or you might have a memory come through. Some people are really sensitive to smell. You might get the smell of their aftershave, their cologne, the cigar they smoked. It depends on how you are attuned to receiving information most important thing is you're connecting heart to heart. And once you can feel them in your body that you're connected, then you can start asking messages out loud or quietly. Usually it helps to keep them fairly simple. You don't want to ask them the mathematical formula for gravity, you know, or or something you don't know about. Um, Keep it simple. And that's the basic idea. That's how you connect with people on the other side. Another way to do that is ask them to show up in dreams, which you already mm-hmm. said you can do. So that works for you. Other people might say, "Okay, I want you to show up as a butterfly, or I want you to show up as a red balloon, or I want you to show up as the number eleven, and then I'll know you're thinking of me and you're with me." And lo and behold, you know, the butterfly appears on your screen, on your, or somebody sends you a photograph, or it's springtime or summer, and one comes, you know, or it might be something happens in the grocery store or some store and you see a butterfly any possibility is, is fine or in your case maybe your dad's sending you those numbers one two and four and yeah. you could say well, what does that are you sending them no okay what does that mean and, yeah you know so you can be you can have a conversation like that some people also ask for signs in, in other ways like can you I, if I know you're thinking of me or you, I know you're around when I hear the song. He really loves me, you know? Yeah. How will I know if he really loves me? You know that song? Yes, (laughs) Um, yes. You know, that might just show up, and that might be based on an experience you had with that other person. So when I think of my father, I think of Moon River, because he used to play piano. So I could ask my dad, you know, show up as Moon River, and I might turn on Pandora, and there's Moon River. So you can ask also. So that's one option. Guides and angels. So we talked earlier about the parking angel. Mm -hmm. So I have a really easy relationship with my angels. I work with the four archangels all the time. They're like my buddies, you know. Mm -hmm. I call on them for all kinds of things. But I also have a parking angel. Yes. So when I used to live in San Francisco, which was notoriously bad for parking, please, can you help me find a parking space? And there it would be. So the key to working with angels is acknowledge them and don't forget to thank them. Yes. Okay. So Michael, Archangel Michael is a really good defender, protector. He helps me with the transitioning souls a lot to the light. Raphael is a really amazing healer. Gabriel is the one who toots his horn, his joy. Forgive me, I forget what Ariel does at this moment, but the are the, <laughs> the four major ones. Like I work with Green Tara and I have a Tonga of Green Tara. I didn't really know much about Green Tara until i went to is that is that like a deity thank you yes it's an it's a it's a deity yes and she's the uh the goddess of compassion and so she showed up that i went to the shamanic workshop in 2009 or 10 and i saw this beautiful tonka that was hand-painted it was exquisite and i knew i had to take that home but the price tag was like shocking i'm like i went Back and forth, six, seven. All right, final. Buy it. You know, nice. So then I learned about who Green Tara was, and she sat over over my bed and now in my office while I went through surgery for breast cancer. Oh, Wow. So so things will. Sh- so sometimes your guides, may be a deity from Buddhism, maybe Hindu. It, you know, I've got Isis in here, who's an Egyptian goddess. Mm-hmm. There's Hathor, who is from another dimension so they might show up in all different ways and it's what are you drawn to okay and then there are a lot of people who have guides that are from the indigenous cultures Mm -hmm. so maybe your family has some american indian or native american you might have that guide that's been with you for generations and you'll be drawn towards do i drum do i do sacred ceremony a certain way? So paying attention to what your affinity is will also point you in directions of maybe there's a guide there to help you. I was raised Catholic, so I have a really easy affinity with angels and archangels. That was no big, and Jeshua, and Mother Mary, and Mary Magdalene. But as I matured, they hold a very different frequency. Mother Mary holds this divine feminine energy that's extremely powerful. I know I was a Zen Buddhist for a long time, so... It depends on, you're going to be drawn to things that reflect maybe A, what you want to learn, or B, what your soul's path is taking you towards to help expand into a deeper spiritual practice. And call them in if you're, you know, if you need help with removing obstacles. Ganesh, nothing like it. I've got a Ganesh in front of the doorstep.
0: (laughs) I have one in my office too.
1: Right. I mean, sorry, Durga is for obstacles. Ganesh is to bless your home. So it's fun to learn about them and then see. Who are you drawn to that you can call upon? I have a a guide whose name is Gabriel, who was the son of a woman who I did a reading for, and he accidentally ended his life. But Mm. he said, I'm showing up as your guide because I want to help people.
0: Wow, that's beautiful.
1: Yeah, so there are many ways that you can have a guide.
0: I know we need to end, but my God, I could talk to you forever. Again, coming from the healing that i've had to do around my upbringing it's a, it's weird to me it's a, i have a little aversion to anything rooted in christianity right like i i was just telling some students earlier today that it took me many many years before i could even say the word god because it held such a negative association for me but what i love about what you're talking about here whether it's the connection with somebody who's passed on or accessing an angel guide or spirit guide is that there are so many right answers. There's so many avenues and so much love and goodness. And that feels so much more wildly empowering to me and aligned with who I am than something that's punitive and all about guilt and fear and shame, which is which is how I was introduced to a lot of deities and angels, et cetera. So, This, this has just been, it's also been hugely healing just for me to hear like, oh yeah, you can view things however the fuck you want. Like (laughs) you, oh, you want a spirit guide? Just call them in. (laughs) Yeah,
1: absolutely. Ask
0: for for signs, just ask for, and I'm like, that works so perfectly with my messages of ask for what you need, speak up for yourself, (laughs) you know? Absolutely. Uh, I love it.
1: The universe is conspiring to support you.
0: Yes, I believe it. And Michaela, I would have always said that. I would have always said that, but I didn't realize how deep it goes. Like that, it also applies to this. Like, just ask for a spirit guide, they'll show up. Ask for a sign, it'll show up. So, if people are listening and they're going, Okay, I need more Michaela in my
1: life, <laughs> how do they find you? Where do you hang out the most? I have a website. It's called Mika- com, And my name is, looks like Michaela. Uh-huh. McGi- mcgivern's pretty exactly has it sound how it sounds if they want to just ask me if i can help them there's a button on there called a discovery call and you can just talk with me for half an hour and see if we're a good fit um you can also just go directly in and schedule a psychic reading and mediumship or um energy healing session i also do space clearing which i know i know it's, it's a whole nother that's a fabulous. fabulous discussion it is really cool but anyway that's how you get me um, and I live in Asheville now. I used to live in California. So I'm on Eastern Time. I answer my phone. I answer my emails. I am <laughs> on Facebook, but it's not the most reliable way to contact me. Go through my website. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm a little more reliable there. <laughs> if you really want to find me, yeah. just fill in the form, contact, or, yes. you know, that's the best way. <laughs> I'm not a social media bug, <laughs> but, I, but I try. I try to, but I hate it.
0: I always tell people that I hang out on Instagram the most, like any self-respecting Gen
1: Xer. Oh, good job.
0: <laughs> it feels like it's the Gen X portal.
1: <laughs> good for you.
0: Is the Instagram. So anyway, we will definitely put your website in the show notes so that if people want to connect with you, which I'm sure they will, that will be easy peasy. But thank you just so much for sharing your time and your wealth of expertise and experience. Um, it's just such a gift. I mean, it's it's something that I too am in North Carolina. I don't know if you knew that. I'm in Charlotte.
1: Oh my goodness. We're like two hours apart. I didn't know that. Asheville
0: is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. So there's a, the, it's interesting connecting. I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> I told you that was going to happen.
1: You're on Instagram because you're Gen X. You're well, in Charlotte,
0: I'm also perimenopausal and that's why I fucking forgot.
1: <laughs> I understand been there. <laughs> I don't remember It's just fine. You said that you asked me. I told you, but I'm just so thrilled to have had this really open ended conversation, and I appreciate your curiosity and your just your expandedness and your ease. It's been really fun for me to talk about all these things i felt so relaxed around you and I really appreciate just that you're opening up these discussions for people so thank you thank you thank you oh you're so welcome
0: full circle it came back to me I was thinking about how sometimes in such a a culture especially I've noticed this in the south probably not in Asheville cuz it's just lovely everywhere you go but where having an opinion about spirituality that's different than a a dogmatic practice can be kind of an act of bravery to say, "Hey, I don't subscribe to that, but I appreciate that you do." But here's what, and to be so open with your beliefs and knowledge, and I just want to note that that can take courage, and especially in the South. So, um, <laughs> so I, I appreciate it.
1: Yes, thank you. I, I'm learning how to navigate that because I've never spent any time in the South. We've been yeah. here like two years mostly it's, I just appreciate and respect where people are. If they want to connect through God, through this church and that church, fine. It's all about love in the end of the Mm day. Yes. If you get it through, it doesn't matter. As the the Dalai Lama said, kindness is my religion. I think he's the wisest person on the planet.
0: Well, I will say, talk to you later, because I know I'm going to be
1: booking one of those consults with you.
0: And I will let you go. And
1: just with so much gratitude, Thank you so, so much, Amy. It's been a real pleasure and honor. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: I am hoping that you got as much out of that conversation as I did. I'm so grateful to Michaela for sharing her time and just the wealth of knowledge and experience that she has. And I think for me personally, something that I've noticed is As I've been, you know, very candidly open with all of you that I've been working through some religious trauma stuff, it's so encouraging for me to look at everything through the lens of curiosity and looking at various modalities and leaning into my own internal compass to see if it feels right to me or not, instead of operating from a place where dogma and religion was pushed on me and it was not something that I could really question or be curious about or, or look for other avenues to fulfill myself spiritually. So it has been such a expansive journey to do this mini series and we're still not done yet. So be sure to check in next week. I'm not sure if I'm going to do a solo next week or if we're going to have another expert up in the air, you know, cause I'm so spontaneous, <laughs> but stay tuned. It'll be a good one. I can guarantee that. And please remember you are enough. Your voice matters. So go out there and speak your bold faced truth. Peace.